Pickaxe. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triforce Podcast. Welcome, P-Flex. Hi, what? This welcome, podcast will carry me home. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't got a jingle. Like it, We just have that little, that little thing at the start that goes, yeah. It's not all right. It works. But it I, I would us. like a nice... Uh, something to salute to. Something like that. What about something like Chipper, but like uh, like, a, like a marching song as well? Like, Triforce. It's the Triforce. You guys are really <laughs> cool. Triforce. It's the Triforce. Um, it's three old guys talking out their ass. Yeah. Next week. Stories about <laughs> dropping kids off at school and yeah. drinking weed. Yeah, it's so. So I went to Sips's. I went to Jersey weekend. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Lewis is Lewis. Lewis was over here over the weekend. Flex came cool. for a visit. Four yeah. days yeah. of freezing cold island. Yeah, um, is it cold over there? Is it? It's cold. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit pretty blowy. cold. It's, it's rainy. Yeah, it's pretty gray and miserable, and uh, it's like this for about eight months a year. So there you go. Yeah, it's the same. Same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Fucking freeze. Island life, huh? You guys just live on a bigger island than me. We but. get we get pretty sheltered in London. Like we've got all the 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 residual heat from everybody. You know, all the people in the buildings and the ever all the central heating and everything. It never gets that cold. But then sometimes there's like a big snap. But then I go and it feels cold. But when you go to another part of the country that's a bit more rural or much more coastal, the the, the cold ramps up. Yeah. It ramps, ramps right up. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm acclimatized to, to this mild, miserable weather now. Whereas like, um, you know, growing up in a place where it was really, really fucking cold for a lot of the year. Like when I first came over here, everybody's like, oh, it's cold. I was like, what are you talking about? I was wearing my shorts and like a t-shirt and stuff. But then after a couple of years, like, because I've been over here for like 17 years now. Right, right. Now I'm a big pussy. I can't handle even 10 degrees, I find Ugh, insufferably yeah. cold. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're like me in that we just try and remain indoors as, as often as possible. Yeah. Preferably yeah. in front of a computer. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Urban heat island. That's something we learned in geography, right? It was like the... That certain cities are much hotter than rural areas because New York the- City's got to be like that. Every time I see it in the winter, there's always steam coming up out of the sewers, and there's like vents no, it's coming freezing. out of the side of buildings. I know it's the same. The New York City winters are the worst because you've got those long avenues, and it just the wind when it picks up, it, it's it's so so bad. 
I, I, I remember winters in New York as being fucking miserable, and summers as well as being unbelievably stiflingly hot. So yeah, it's it's like the worst winters, the worst summers, but it's you still gotta love New York. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's significantly warmer actually because of the heat center than surrounding areas though. But also, it's the vegetation is a big thing. Like in Central Park, you could see a big square yeah. on the map on the heat map where it's a, like a couple of degrees cooler because the the urban heating is not they have a skating rink in there too so um i I love new york but i i don't understand the love for central park other than there's nothing else like that's it's really it's not a great park in all honesty and i say that as a as a a former new yorker and a, a lover of the city central park is massively overrated right if you go to there's a ton of parks just in my area that that are fucking way better than Central Park, but it's all you've got when you're on the island. That's like, there's no option. Yeah. This is as green as it gets, so I get it. But they could make it a little nicer. Oh, well, it's, it's not really a, a park so much as a, a, a series of roads with grass around. Um, yeah. I mean, well, then again, it's, it's they've made an effort. At least, and I feel yeah, like... Hyde Park well. in London's really nice. I've been there. I like... Yeah. I, I mean, thought it was great. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, so, so three degrees warmer... But as high as twelve degrees centigrade, warmer in the evenings with these with big cities. I mean, when you're out in the countryside um, at night, you do feel the heat drop off, like it just it just vanishes. Especially if there's no cloud cover, that's it. That's why I never go camping. Why the fuck would you do that to yourself? You ever go camping? Your balls and off. I've been camping so many times. And you know what? If you if you if it's one of those things, it's like a cultural thing. You're you're exposed to it at a young age through like. Either your family going camping, or maybe you go with your friend's family to go camping, or you're in cubs or scouts or whatever. They do a lot of camping as well. They're all about the wilderness and stuff. It's something, it's it's like an acquired sort of taste, but it's it's amazing. Camping is, I, I really rate it. It's it's one of the best things you can do, honestly. It, like, you completely detach yourself from, like, your 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 devices and stuff. Like you don't you don't have any electricity. You just go to sleep when the sun sets. You wake up when the sun rises. It, it's it's the most natural and sort of relaxing thing. You would really benefit from it, Flax, with your anxiety no and way. shit like that. No you would way. fucking love it, honestly. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. A couple of I've days you'd be miserable, but like go for a week or something and and really Ugh. really like immerse yourself in it. It's awesome. Oh man, it's it nothing, nothing's better. Just take your vape with you and like a uh, cooler with some, some charters in it and stuff. Where am I going to charge just my vape? Just get a battery. Just Bring get like a battery a pack. Charger. Charge it from your car yeah. or something. Who cares? Like, uh, you just or or just or just take a pack of smokes. Uh, no, no, no. Take some magic mushrooms. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> fucking whatever, man. It's you're camping. Who cares? You're you're out there. You know, you're shit. You're shitting in a hole in the ground. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Just grab a couple mushrooms off the ground, shove them in a pipe, and smoke them. You fucker. Light it on the campfire. <laughs> me and Lewis, me and Lewis watched a bunch of SAS. Uh, he who dares wins oh, yeah. while he was over. Oh, yeah, my did. wife <laughs> likes watching it. And we were watching it with her and stuff. There was this bit. And, there was uh, this great bit, right, where this fucking uh, uh, Essex hard man, who's part of the SAS, with this lovely, lovely, perfectly trimmed coiffured beard, and looks gorgeous. You know, and he's like. When I was on operations, my family sent me a letter. So I fucking burned it. Yeah, yeah. So they I, don't. I didn't want it to affect <laughs> Psychologically, my performance. The, yeah, exactly. He's like, He's like my, when my family used to send me letters when I was on operation, <laughs> I burned them. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole. <laughs> so dramatic. That was the whole cut. It was so oh, fucking man, funny. Oh, man, it's a great show. Sorry. But listen, the, the whole time we're watching this, uh, Lewis was like, 
That's easy. I could do that. I was in cadets. I went to an SAS camp one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, could I was do in that. cadets. Oh, I could do that. I oh, went they're to fucking SAS pussies. Camp. I could fucking do that. I could do that. And I was just thinking to myself, you know what? I'd pay good money to see Lewis take on the SAS challenge. Like I, I would love to watch the whole fifteen minutes I, he survived for. I would also for, love to see that. Uh, yeah, before, fifteen minutes before he got uh, forcefully ejected from these it. These guys, you know, oh. he'd say so. He'd mouth off to the SAS guy yeah. like they were his personal trainer. Whoa. He'd say some shit. You would no, no, fuck I your mother staff and suck suck my dick. <laughs> That's it. Twenty push-ups. I'm gonna do push-ups on your mom. <laughs> you push oh, up your, your mom's rear end staff, and then that'd be it. You'd be out. You can't be inappropriate like you were with your personal trainer with uh, SAS staff. They they won't take it. They won't. You they will, won't I, don't, take I it, think no. it's the opposite of you, Lewis, being in the SAS. Yeah. Like you having to be told what to do. You don't like that. Yeah. You're a person that rejects authority and being it's told like what to do. It's like role play. I understand it. I'll just get into See, it. See, I, I I think a show where you would excel, Lewis, is uh, Antiques Roadshow. I think you would. I think you would absolutely fucking own everybody on Why that. Why do you one. think he'd be good on or, Antiques you, Roadshow? Or like flog it? You mean like go into a bargain market and like? Nah, Antiques Roadshow. Bargains. Like something really fucking. What am I gonna bring? I don't have any. I don't own anything. You're just yourself. No, you're one of the experts. Oh. you just have to go out <laughs> the there expert. and pretend you know. <laughs> just you being there is enough to be the champion. You and Fiona Bruce just like hanging out, talk, you know, laughing at uh, poor people and just fucking, you know, talking about antiques and shit. You, you, you'd have it. Like I reckon nailed. I'm like a shapeshifter. I can blend into any environment. I reckon I would. I reckon I would be great in the old SAS. Are camp. you sure? Because I'd be great. Your massive head from this fucking statement that you're a shapeshifter <laughs> might stick out a wee bit. <laughs> I have shapeshifted into a big head. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, like, people do that, though. They they quickly conform to their surroundings, you know, and I think that these guys, these SAS guys have trained so many fucking people that any any lip gets, like, you know, slapped out of you pretty quick. I don't think you know? people do. I think charlatans do. But generally, people are either, you know, good at something or into something or not. Charlatans. Yeah. Oh, I love that word. I, I So, okay, I went to, uh, when I was at Jersey, I went to your son's, well, it wasn't his eighth birthday party, but it was no. another eighth yeah, birthday. Yeah, it, it was a happy, happy birthday. It wasn't and his it's a, birthday. It's but a, funny, a happy birthday to the kid whose birthday we went yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, happy birthday to that kid. It's a funny, like, age because, as Sips was sort of explained to me, for the last sort of couple of years... It, every weekend, it's some kid's birthday party. Yeah, like, Sometimes it, multiple. It's constant. Um, yeah. And so it's like this rolling part of your life that I, I kind of didn't even consider. I guess like it's a, it's a common thing when you have a kid that they're constantly changing and you're constantly having to learn new things because you're never, you're never prepared for what's going to happen kind of thing. But it's something that isn't like... You know, on the list of things that you expect to have to, right. to do, which is go to these parties. And you've talked about them a lot. And it it, it was like... Um, Lewis got to witness it firsthand. You seem tired after the end of the day, Well, the, the best way to describe it, I thought, was like go to the gym, okay? It was like something which I, I, I felt like I sort of had to do, right? right? But I didn't actually mind it. I thought it was quite... I thought it was okay once I was there. But I was a bit bored because, you know, I think everyone else was having fun. Um, apart from like one or two active dads, yeah, one or two dads get involved. Yeah. There was that fucking show off who was like doing flips on the trampolines and stuff, and you just think, yeah, there's get like over one, yourself. like one. There's always been that dad, hasn't there? You wouldn't be Even allowed like to do that like, in the SAS. It was it, you know, they'd curse at you and they'd kick you out. Show offs, like that one allowed. dad who was in like a, the scoutmaster as well. You yeah. know, he was the guy who was like just. 
like an incredibly awesome dad. Yeah, who, I'll put some context you, on like, this. You kind of wish he was your dad when you're like going on scout camp and stuff. And, and you know, he's like, yeah. but his kid's a bit of a wet blanket, right? And he kind of prefers some of the other kids and wishes he was their dad. Yeah. It's this weird dynamic. We're talking about jumping and flipping because the party was at an indoor trampoline park. For context. Oh yes. man, yeah. yes. those are fun. Yeah, so. and um, and so me and me and Sips are there in the sort of parents area watching the kids all have fun, and then this one dad who 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 looks like it looks like an like a, an animated GIF gif waiting to happen GIF, yes where he accidentally well catches well done. he's doing like a triple backflip but he accidentally catches like a toddler with his toe and that toddler also does a triple backflip you know what i mean as he in the air you yeah. know you could imagine and then he quickly does dad reflexes and catches the toddler before any injury uh-huh. has occurred that kind of thing so it was that for a few hours they all had pizza yeah. and chips yeah. which i think is the standard kid food Pretty and much. maybe some ice cream yeah they eat um, like they have like two chips and a bite of pizza yeah. they were like royalty <laughs> yeah. okay so so there's there's like two tables of kids i'd say like maybe 30 kids like total yeah and the the, the parents of that kid the kid whose birthday is are on duty okay so they've got these big trays of food and they're sort of serving the kids as if the kids are at a royal banquet and they've all You've these never kids been have been to a party in your life i just want to describe this to you so you understand what it was like from my vision okay so these poor parents there are like slaves yeah. okay they're walking around like yes master do you want another slice of pizza on top of your half eaten pizza and these kids have like eaten a quarter of a slice of pizza and left it and they've eaten half a burger and they've got like a whole plate full of chips yeah. and like loads of chocolates everywhere and they're like yeah why not they just like nod and have another slice of pizza added to this pile of food right so they're all the parents are like oh can I get you anything else master like going around Oh, they, they have, it was heaven. And then they all got a goodie bag. They had a cake. Everyone got a massive fucking slice of cake. Yeah. It was like everyone got a goodie bag and they all, it was all very like, like traditional, weirdly, like almost like it had been this rote thing. And it was like, they do this every time they have, you know, they do the exercise or the event or the fun thing and then they have the food and then the parents help out. And then, you know, they do the cake and everyone gets a goodie bag. And it feels like if you, if you're a parent and your kid comes to one of these, you know that there's going to be a time when you have to be the ones being those, you know, like waiters and serving and organize this yep. thing and make sure the kids are having a good time. And you can imagine it being incredibly stressful. It's very strange, uh, but you have to do it to fit in. You don't want to be those weird parents who do something weird, you know? Yeah. You've got to keep it all very there, normal. There are, I, I know a few, uh, <clears throat> obviously, you know, got two kids, like Sips, lots of birthday parties. It does start to peter out. As they get older, they, they get more of a group of friends. What's wrong with Peter? Hey, <laughs> very good. Um, they, they, they start to uh, diminish in frequency because... The kids start to get like a select group of friends. So rather than just which early on reception, year one, year two, kind of year three, the entire class is invited to every party. So every party you're looking at like 25, 30 kids. So you've got to plan exactly the trampoline thing or we're going to hire a massive hall with a magician or something like that. Like that, that's it. But then it starts to get easier and it's like five kids. And it, it does it does slack off. You just take them bowling or some shit. But it, it is stressful. It is stressful, especially the parents that turn up, drop their kid off, and then fuck off. And you don't see them again for like 
until half an hour after the party's finished and they roll up. Oh, all right, you know, to pick up the kid. You're like, why the fuck did you, couldn't you, you know, just come and get them when everyone else does. The parents that hang out and help out, they're the, they're the saints. They're the real saints. Yeah, those we didn't do that, Sips, did we? No. We just were like, no, we, we were keeping We just distance. had coffee and complained the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, the jungle, the jungle gym or whatever it's called isn't like a flipping heated, it's like a warehouse with trampolines in it. And so it's kind of like just Those places exist. Cold. For this, for they parties, do. like that's literally. Really think how much money they make. Because, like Sip said, it's like thirty quid a head. I mean, they just squeeze the kids in, give them some cheap old pizza, and bingo, bango, bosh, you're done. Bingo. I mean, the kids eat so little pizza, you could probably just reheat it afterwards and give it to the party in room two. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. And then we, I don't know, kid, Sips, your kids are so lucky. You know, I think, um, you know, we, you're such a nice place to live, Jersey, and. Uh, it feels like super, super chill as a place. We went around and went to a toy shop, went to a bookshop, yeah. made some balloon animals, yeah. like did some puzzles. I like know. It, it, was, it was really It was all cool. just really very, um, it was a very wholesome weekend, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Of watching kids do stuff and waiting for them to go to bed. And, and your son's got a really good sense of humor now as well. And he's actually starting to like, he properly made me laugh a few times as well with like little. He is funny. Little, yeah. little jokes. He's funny. He um, takes after his mum. <laughs> funny looking it's funny looking as well i met terry of course yeah I met terry. yeah yeah terry yeah, we saw so we get cleaned with a toothbrush on tv and so then we got him out and cleaned him with a toothbrush <clears throat> that was good fun um, yeah we did him we, which was, he was, which was he was he was sloshing around in his bowl and he was having a good he was having a whale of a time actually man he was full of piss and vinegar after that it was like <laughs> revived him yeah it's like like a, uh, i mean i was I was because I, I was saying like you know it's the middle of winter isn't he, isn't he hibernating yet? Because I'm sure on Blue Peter they always put the turtles in the fridge for yeah know, he's got to be bigger know. he's too he's in too the small fridge. yeah they need to have a, to... a really consistent uh, low temperature to hibernate really so if it yeah if it fluctuates so they put too them, much they put them it... in a, like a box with some like uh, top, like shredded newspaper yeah and just and they just put they a just hibernate it for says, like sixteen weeks open in March yeah. or whatever leave it in the fridge. What happens if they don't hibernate? Um, nothing. It's just uh, they, they naturally want to. They're they're programmed to. Um, sort of but they need to be too, a certain weight before they can survive it. Yeah, because he's very like small. He's only mass. three. So in a couple of years, when he's bigger, he'll be able to. But even even now, even though he can't hibernate, he last year for a certain period of time, he was like semi hibernating. Like he was just not eating as much wasn't as active, was constantly seeking like the cooler part of his cage to just like sleep. He just slept most of the day and stuff. And then at like literally like at this certain cutoff point, the next day he was just like, boom, he was like back active, like awake, like running around more, eating a lot more and stuff. It was, it's, it's weird. I don't, I'm always amazed by like small animals and how they know how to do stuff. Like it I is had, nuts. I know. I like even like guinea pigs. Like they they know how to do everything they need to do within like an hour of being born. It's insane. Like I I, I don't understand. Like it's it's a miracle. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But then again, what they what they are doing is little little bit simpler than sure, making but, complex jokes about. Right, think about this Pokemon. though. I, I'm sure I, I'm sure I've said this before, right? Think how big their brain is. Yeah. Right. But but think of a spider. Even a small spider can knows how to do everything a spider does. Even the really complicated thing of making a web, which most people couldn't do. Yeah. They know how to do that. And all right, yes, 100. percent It's just instinct. But we we kind of dismiss that. 
as not being itself incredible. That's that's some amazing programming right there. It really is. You yeah. can right. fit that into something that big. Yeah. And it's adaptive enough to build it. It's not the same every time. They're like little raspberry the web is pies, adapted right? to where it's meant to be. Yeah, it's incredible. They're just little they it's little incredible. tiny brains that are just very simple. Like I mean, think like even Terry. He only knows how to do like five things. And those are the five things that he has to do to live for like 150 years. It's, it's right, crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, like he knows when to eat. He knows how to stay safe. He knows how to not get eaten by other animals, hopefully. Um, and um, he knows that he needs to exercise. And that's it. Like that, <laughs> there's, there's nothing else. He doesn't need company. Doesn't I don't think he would give a shit if there was another tortoise in there or not. Like they're not... They're not like uh, pack animals or anything. They don't have like a social network that, you know, we we don't understand or whatever. They're not, they're, they're solitary creatures. They mate at a certain choices. time of year. Like they yeah. hibernate at a certain time of year. Done. <laughs> That's it. Just like small little brain with these little things, you're, you're ready to go. It's, it's amazing. It's, it, it's, it's really fascinating, the whole Do thing. Do you know if it's uh, actually a boy? Because it's no, hard to tell, No, you right? can't. They have to be a certain size before you can tell what sex they are as well. So, so Terry's be... a unisex name, like we've said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, he can He can swing either way. He doesn't mind. We say he because we've just sort of assume wrongly i know it's 2020 that it's a, a guy but for now it's fine i don't think terry minds much either. so uh, if terry turns out to be a, a girl cool you know like no well, well it'll be she instead or you know maybe terry might not identify as either so so so, call him so let's say you get a camper van yeah okay sips you've just bought you've decided that you've had you've had this midlife crisis yeah. or you saw one a friend of yours at school you were chatting to a dad and he was like yeah, I've got this old camper van I'm not using anymore. I was thinking of selling it. Yeah. Do you, have, and, am and, I, and you were like, oh, yeah. Am I a boomer in this situation? You're a boomer. Okay. You're a boomer. All right. And you've bought a camper van. Yeah. Okay. And you, Put my microwave Terry, in there. and your son Get a microwave yeah. in the back. are going camping. Because right. you're like, I, I, it was like a thing I did. I wanted to want to expose my son to camping and, uh -huh. and, and give him like... Get, get him like wilderness ready. Uh -huh. I'm sure he'll love it with, you know, maybe he's been saying, oh, can we go camping? You know, Billy's dad takes him camping and he's like, you know, he really wants to go. He's, imagine he's not into Fortnite and Minecraft and all that shit. He's into camping. Okay. Um, you go, you go camping. I want you to tell me like how you do it. Okay. What's like, what's the thought process that goes behind this? How do you make it a good time? How do you make it how a good time? How do you make him into an outdoorsman? Right. Yeah. What you do is, teach, teach okay. Me. You have uh, you have your pet tortoise and you have your eight-year-old son. In order to have a fun time camping, you simply need to buy a cool tent. I mean, one that's easy to deploy as well. You don't want to be spending too much time setting up a tent. You want to get there. You want to get the tent set up. You want to get your sleeping bags set up as well, ready to go, so that you, know, you have a comfortable place to lay down and uh, stare at the ceiling of your tent, because that's pretty much all you're going to do the whole weekend. And uh, once that's set up, you want to bring along with you some of those plastic army men, you know, with the little bases, uh, like uh, below their feet, so they, they can like... Uh, you can buy a big tub of those. You, you, buy, you buy a big tub of those, okay? And then what you do is uh, you find a nice spot to camp, really remote as well. Portage recommended, honestly. You get put out everything you need for like a weekend or a week into a canoe. So that's like a cooler with like uh, bring like drink powder. Um, you could just get like a you could just get like a filter and drink like water right from the lake, or or bring your own fresh water. It's fine as well. Um, and then br bring like you know like uh, you know like powdery stuff to like mix so you can make juice or whatever. 
in case you don't want to just like drink water all the time. Oh my God, some ration packs. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then bring, you know, bring some, you you can bring some like pre-washed, like sort of like prepared like veg and stuff like that. Wrap it up, put, leave it in the cooler um, because you're just going to be cooking on a fire. You know, you put everything into tin foil and just like hold it over the fire, let it warm up. And that's, that's what you're going to be eating. And if you want to eat like fish, if you know how to clean fish, you can do some fishing because you'll have your canoe and presumably some fishing rods and stuff too. And then uh, as long as the weather is nice, all you do the whole time is you sit around and you read books. You can bring a hammock that you can set up. You can lay in that bitch and read some books. Your son can read some books as well. Or you can like, uh, you, you can learn how to make fires. You can, um, you can set up your army men in a really cool like uh, display. We're using some twigs and some uh, acorns and shit like that, and then throw rocks at them to knock them over. That's fun too. Uh, you can go on a canoeing adventure. You could go I, on I, hikes. I, you could do some I feel fishing. Like these things. I mean, there's, you're not man, des- there's so much. You're shit. not describing this stuff. Like, like, okay, so it's like, all very specific. All, this is all stuff that I did, and I had fun. Do you, I brought do you know how bike. to like? Do you know you how to your, fish? You bring a mountain bike, and you could. Do just you go actually bike know how to fish? Sure. You could. You could teach. You could teach me and an eight-year-old. How's a fish at an actual river? Yeah, absolutely. Properly, yeah, and catch a fish. Yeah, it's not hard. I don't. I don't know. I've done, I don't know how to do We've it. We've been I, doing I it since since the dawn of time. It's like a tried, tested, and true way of getting. Food. Are you saying that we understand fishing like a turtle understands the five things <laughs> turtles I think understand? So I mean, it's definitely been passed down. Like your, your generations and generations of your previous. Uh, people. That I don't know have, if we have an inbuilt ability. Generations to fish. and generations. I think, we, I think, I think as a, a race, we now understand how to fish. My dad was an accountant for his no. whole life. You've seen people fish before, right? But but that's the point. Is if Lewis had never seen someone fish, would he be able to? Bait a line, detangle it if it gets tangled, and know the good spots. Man, no, man, it's it's not it's not hard. I, like it, it. No, it's fun. Fishing is great fun. It is not hard. It's it's not that difficult. No, there is skill to it for sure. Sure, but we're but not that, talking about. You can easily just go out. We're and not. Dunk we're not doing a pro tour here. We're talking yeah, about exactly. just having a bit of fun and doing some mushrooms and going fishing. I mean, exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. Well, sure. I, maybe that will make the weekend go go faster. Or, no, or it won't. It's like a fucking time vacuum. So, so I was watching. I was watching uh, Dave Chappelle. One of Dave Chappelle's uh, stand-up things. Where he's talking about drugs. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's the one where he's like, imagine how much pressure you'd be under if your landlord was also a crack addict. And he just like yeah. turn up at like yeah. three in the morning. He's like, "You got that rent?" He's like, he needs, to, "He needs to get some more crack." And then he tells a story about how he how he did mushrooms this one time because he's like, the thing was about drugs, and he was saying, "Don't do anything above weed." He's like, "Weed is fine, but like anything above weed, don't do it." And he's like, "I tried mushrooms at a party one time." And uh, and he was saying that uh, you know he planned out his day as if he was as if it was weed. And he's like, you know, I'm just going to like have a shower, go get my hair cut and then go see a movie or whatever. So he went, he, he, so he ate the mushrooms, had a shower, went to get his hair cut and just started tripping out. Like while he was getting his hair cut, like the barber looked like a penis and like, and, and all this stuff. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And then he was like, he's like, thought it would be like weed where he'd be like, okay, I won't be high for that long. Let me do a couple of things and like be, become unhigh. So he's like, so, so I, I thought I'm going to listen to some music. So he listened to every CD he had and still he was still high after it. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll go take a little nap, see if I can like shrug it off. Slept, woke up, still high. He's like, ah, fuck, maybe I just do some exercise. So I ran around the block four times and he's like, 
still high. Like before he did all this, he looked at his watch. It was like 2.30. <laughs> he gets back from his run. He's like, it's 2.35. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> did all this stuff and it's like five minutes have passed. So yeah, no. It's, um, yeah. yeah. Don't do mushrooms. Well, and go fishing. Unless it's like approved. I mean, you can, but just be prepared. If they were like sold in Marks and Spencer's, yeah. do you know what I mean? Well, obviously that's different kind. Ones you could eat regular mushrooms. Sure. Go for it. Yeah, they're not um, magical. Those ones. But no, if you could like, if if weed was available in like nice in you know in the same way that there's like weed shops, uh-huh. you know, if mushrooms are available in the same way, uh-huh. you know, people had, people had given them a good go and really knew like what to do. Uh-huh. I would be, be different kinds. Yeah, you do yeah. have different brands. Coca Cola brand mushrooms. You know, you go to McDonald's and you'd get a Happy Meal. Could I get the Happy Meal with magic mushrooms? Yeah, I mean... Like, if they could commercialize drugs, they'd be in fucking everything. Like, you'd get... Your meal deal would be sandwich, crisps, bottle of Coke, and some LSD. Yeah. You know, that would be the meal. Give me those, yeah. People would be high all the fucking time. Your Happy Meal. You'd have, like, a... It's like Brave New World, where they gave everybody Soma, right, to make them chill. It would be like that. Man. No? Yeah, I don't know that Too one. Too literary? Yeah. In Brave New World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that. I was thinking, I'm sure I read a story about how mushrooms are like, like constantly changing. And there's so many of them that even in like supermarket mushrooms, they discovered like recently a couple of new species. You know, just... <laughs> They were some old ass mushrooms at the, the back, of the, back of the shelf there. I can't remember. I'm sure I read that somewhere. Do you know what I? Do you know what I do when I buy bananas from the uh, supermarket? And I've taught my kids this. It's the stupidest thing I've taught them. I always check the, the bananas for spiders. Right. I read an article about this guy who reached into his fruit bowl and was bitten by a poisonous spider and almost lost his arm and almost died. Jeez. From the poison of this. Yeah. Thing. So. They hide out in the fruit. Yes, there was a scorpion as well, I remember. All kinds of shit. I don't know whether so, this is one of those schoolyard things. No, though, no, 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 no. Happen. This actually happens. There was a news report. So a guy working in a supermarket went to move the bananas and a fucking spider fell on his face in the storeroom. Bit him on the face. Big old tropical fucking spider. And, of course, the first thing he does is go, ah, and smush it. So they were like, we don't know what spider it was. And he brings what's left of it. And they're like, well, we're doctors. We're not... Uh, what do you call someone who's a... I don't remember. But anyway, so it's just like, what the fuck do we do? You know, we don't know what he's been bitten by. We're just going to have to watch and see what happens. How necrotic is it? You know, and just trying to treat that. It's like fucked up. So I get the bananas and I'm like, I check them inside the bag and then I carefully undo the bag and I'm like poke, looking in for any holes where a spider could be peeking. Do you have like chainmail gloves on while you're doing this? <laughs> I should. Yeah. Like I'm genuinely... It, it's a thing we, we don't anticipate is the idea that fucking crazy ass big spider could sneak over in a banana yeah Whew. look at this yeah like scary like canadian weatherman found a scorpion in a set in, in a box of, in a bunch of bananas a pensioner found a one in aldi bananas a halifax family found one in some bananas yeah like loads of people have, have stolen have stolen have found uh they stole scorpion. a spider I've taken a scorpion from Guatemala or somewhere that was, yeah, tons of things. Yeah, shop, fucking shop worker in Gateshead was stung by a banana. Jeez. Stung by uh, a banana. Run out of some bananas. You're fucking opening stung up your, banana, you're, you're inspecting your bunch of bananas and fucking the Prince Philip is in there. Says, what? What are you doing in there, Phil? He's like, hello. What? Get out of my banana. And he bit, bit, bit the And then worker. he stings you. Yeah. Wait, hey, man. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing in there? <laughs> oh, I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> I was looking for bugs to eat. 
Um, Man, I haven't. Jesus. I ate a banana the other day for the first time in a long time, and I gotta say, it was good. I I miss I miss bananas. They they are really nice. They're the they're cornerstone of a fruit salad and a smoothie. A high to me. tier fruit. You need to have banana. Them. I I don't. I can't imagine a smoothie without banana in it. I think it's just like a you know uh, a good base. What do they call it? A banana sundae. Do you remember those? You get the banana oh, yeah. cut it in half, yeah, lengthways, yeah, yeah. ice cream. Yeah. Banana split. Cream. That's yeah. a that's real good banana split. There, that is one real real good split. That right is a there. humdinger of a dessert, isn't it? I mean, you just know you're gonna be in paradise in two point five. It's too much though. Like every time I've had a banana split, I can't eat the whole thing, and like I'm fairly fat, and I still can't finish the banana split. It's too much. It's like a black forest ghetto. I don't know if you. It is a lot of food after a meal. Yeah. yeah. Like a dessert. Yeah. I mean. You don't need an entire banana. I think that's I mean, where an entire banana is a meal. I think that's often. where the French have it nailed. You know, like their food, the the portion sizes are pretty good, and then you get this like little dessert that's just like two chocolate circles on a plate with like some caramel sauce sprinkled on it, and that's fine. That's all you need, right? You just need like a just need a little little, little uh, one little sweet just to like take the edge of the meal off, sort of thing. But yeah, a whole it's like cake? A, cam- a camping dessert could be like yeah. a chocolate butter, just like one Rolo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just enough, you know. Yeah, just... banana like like on a fire. You can have a banana on a fire. No, easy. No, those things keep for ages. Bananas. You take like a bunch with you, yeah. and they'll, they'll be good for like, the whole week. Did your Did day. your guys' mums ever? You know, your the the bananas go all like dark and mushy and stuff. And then did they ever make like muffins or cake or anything with them? You can make. You know what? One of my favorite things to make is banana blondie banana you ever had that i've had banana no. bread is that the same thing so it's it's similar but imagine so you this is this is great if you if you want you all got some bananas you want to make some stuff with it the slightly older bananas that are mushier like you're saying are perfect so you get some sugar and you caramelize that and then you break it up and you add nuts into the the, the mix and it's sort of uh like uh what not what are those big fat nuts? brazil nuts are real good for this yeah. okay and then you you smush them up and you mix them up so you've got like this sort of hot pan, hot hot uh, sugar. Wait, it's your, sugar. your mum is making this, right? No, no, this is my mother-in-law's recipe. Oh, your mother-in-law. It. Okay, I was going to say I'd happily get my nuts in the mix. But... <laughs> so you got a campfire. You're cooking up. You get it a in there. Oh, let me know how people might be interested. People <laughs> it's like might be Scott interested. would have eaten on the fucking way to the Antarctic. Ah, whatever. Look it up. <laughs> And then you break up some some canned meat, uh, tin tin of tin of t- potted meat, uh, pop that in there, and gosh, when we're on campaign, I took this was taught to me by an old Indian fellow on the trail. Oh, cracky! Yes, he had a one of those pith hats on. It's always an Indian Bloody fellow, hell. isn't it? With the English, they they love Indian fellows, right? Yeah, I, I, it's very it's very colonial yeah. to have like an Indian servant fellow, yeah. on like like pulling your like a boy like <laughs> come boy, come boy. <laughs> take push my mule along. Sorry, um, yeah, yeah, and like. Make sure, and they do all the work. You know, they do. They make the fire, and like, it's like an Indiana you, Jones. You know, press your trousers when you're on. They did campaign. a lot of the work in that too. You know, when he's finding the Temple of Doom, God, they, they must have fucking hated us. They must have hated Indiana Jones. How did they Indiana ever Jones. not stop hating us? They must. But honestly, you just these fucking Brits turn up in your country, take it over. These temples have been in our jungles for centuries, and this fucking yeah. clown turns up with his dumb hat. And his Western ways, and he was, at least at least Indiana Jones was respectful. Yeah. I'd say most of the other Brits you get going to India back then were just like, 
I say, you know, do do well, this. I guess yeah. It was either it was either Indiana Jones or Nazis. So which one do you pick? Because like there were actually there were no Nazis. <laughs> but I don't think in, the Nazis uh, enlisted the um, the Indians or who or the locals to do the caravan because like. In most of the Indiana Jones movies, the Nazis just would turn up everywhere with a lot of trucks and a lot of boys to do the stuff. That's true. They, they had, had lads. their stuff. They did have you know, Nazi they lads. didn't. They weren't depending on the locals. You know, they weren't. They weren't visiting like a town of dung huts and um, you know eating the sweet nectar out of a pile of dung or whatever. They just brought all their own stuff. That's with them. true. In the in Raiders of the Lost Ark, they have a lot of uh, a lot of lads digging in the desert. I do think they use local local people for the digging. Yeah, I remember that. Maybe yeah, but I don't think those local people were up for the digging. You know, they were probably forced to do it. Whereas Indiana Jones probably would have said like, you know, he he would have rallied them to the cause sort of thing. Yeah, and he would have said, "Hey lads, let's go do some digging." They were like, "Exactly, yes, yeah." But Nazis aren't like that. You know, they're like, "You will do the digging." <laughs> I will shoot you. <laughs> yeah. You will eat this banana with uh, granulated sugar and potted meats. <laughs> well, I will shoot you in the head. Oh, <laughs> man, what a way to go. What a way to go. Fucking. Imagine that's your, uh, your family legacy. So I, I just I just really like the idea. I just want to know how rough you want to camp, Sips. Like, if you go, uh, do you want like, to be inside rough. of a travelodge nah. or do you want to be washing in the river? Do you know yeah, I mean? washing. What's... You go for you, you take a dip in the lake and take some soap in there with you, and that's how you wash. Soap in do the you... river. That's pollution, dude. Man, it gets like diluted. Yeah, down into the fish's face. No, nah, it's fine, honestly. Dude, are you complaining about washing soap? That's like one of the most basic humanity things one... that we. That's on the list of you five things. You don't even need what, soap. Sips, Sips is going to take soap he's made himself. That's a hundred percent of my own body it. fat. Yeah. Listen, if you were a basic human, like just spawned and didn't have no understanding of nothing, didn't have no understanding of nothing, including or the no English family, language, yeah. you were just left on a riverbank, and you were left with someone who was also, I guess, very okay. It's okay for humans are bad example, but one of the basic things we could probably do is, like, I don't know, strangle fish in a river, right. swim in a river, like. I eat that he fish. He can tell you've never been fucking fishing. <laughs> Strangle a fish. What are you well, doing? Well, you're like, I don't know, like bait like a bear. You know, you're going around they the river grabbing a fish, strangling they it. They have claws, man. They do, they, they, they just they hook them out. Them. I don't know. They like, swipe you know, them dead. Re- fishing. Basic, basic grabbing fish out of a river. Shitting in the Spear river. Fishing. Shitting in the Spear river. Fishing, People have shit in rivers since the, the dawn of time. It's probably good. Fish probably love it. They probably eat, like, it probably helps. Yeah. You know? I agree. I'm sure there's no problem with a person sh- shitting in shit, a river. You, you always shit um, downstream, right? So that, because yeah. if you shit upstream, then the, the poop is going to come. I learned that from city skylines. Exactly. Am I right? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. well. and But you're always downstream from something. Right, right, like you know, and that's why there's <laughs> conflicts Ooh, in the world. That's philosophical. At a very basic level, some <laughs> you're somebody's always, shitting you're in always your drinking downstream water. from some asshole up exactly, the river shitting in exactly. that river. That's why we have world who, wars. Right? Who in the world? Who in the world do you think that he's not downstream of anybody? The West, the guy, the West. That's not a person. I need a person. Oh, a person. Do you think it's just literally? There's nothing upstream. Jeff Bezos. He. Bill Gates. Jeff. Um, Bill Gates Donald is shitting Trump. in that right at the top of the river in the brook bit where it's not even a river yet. Yeah. You know, he's, sh- he's shitting in one of those beautiful, tranquil, trickly glades. Richard Branson. Um, and that turd is just floating straight down into the main river. <laughs> he shits river. in a tube and the tube ejects his shit into outer space. Yeah. 
That's so Bill Gates is still very rich. What was the richest man in the world? But he's uh, given a lot of his. Apparently, the wealthiest is Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah. Bill yeah, Gates yeah. is uh, so, like like the biggest like philanthropist in the world, isn't he? He's like he's donated a lot of his. They money should change it. the rich list to the most donated list. I think they have a separate list for that, don't they? Yeah, like most. But obviously, the thing is that becomes a game then as well because people like are going to be like, oh, I need money to make money, so if I can keep my money, then eventually I'll. I'll be on that list. Jeff Bezos maybe. has a hundred and thirty-one billion dollar net worth. Net worth, yeah. No, it's just, just nuts. Yeah, he donated That's like ridiculous. Um, he donated. Well, he should donate a hundred and thirty billion of that. How much more do you need? Well, exactly. A billion dollars. But I mean, it, does, billion, it doesn't but... have that money just sitting in an account where he can just write a check and say, "Here you go." Here's my donation. Like his net worth is, it you know, it's yeah. It's, he owns it's, like several oh, islands, yeah. millions of slaves, exactly. and like, it's you know, all it's um, all tied up for some sure. Bananas and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all locked away. In, in I would I would sell everything and have that all as liquid. Give me liquid cash. Give me liquid cash and then I'd yeah. give for your. One hundred and thirty billion of it. I would invest in all kinds of things that I don't expect to see a return from, and then I just have the billion left. Right. Problem is, if you have one hundred and thirty-one billion, you start thinking, "Oh, I'll give five of this away, but I don't want to have less than a hundred billion, just in case." Just in case what? Just in case what? You've managed to spend it. Something bad happens. No, I can get rid of it. You don't need. Nobody needs one hundred and thirty-one billion dollars. It's fucking ridiculous. What if you it's have obscene. a really insane drug addiction, though? If he can go through one hundred and thirty-one billion dollars doing drugs, that's some pricey drugs. Yeah, I, he would have to have a cocaine habit where he just has pounds and pounds of it mainlined into his body every second of the day. And even then, I don't think he could even go through it in a lifetime. Yeah. His nose is just like a vacuum cleaner extension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he just has a line of coke going around the planet, he's just going... <laughs> just that all would day, be a really good reality up. TV show. Follow the line. How much coke can you You just coke? have to go yeah. around the whole planet sniffing one continuous Whose line. Whose line is it anyway? <laughs> one continuous hey. line oh. of cocaine. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I would watch that. that I th- you know what? That's, that's the next Lewis would level. ace that, too. That That's the reality show for Lewis, I think. That's the one he would <laughs> excel at. That's the one I... Not, not, not SAS. I, that, you know what? You would watch that. Who wouldn't watch that? Where they lay out lines of coke and you get your competitors. They have to try and snort as far down the line as Possible. That's it, and the winner winner gets. Make it interesting. Like they've had all those shows, like Big Brother, and the one where they have to like they can't sleep for a week and stuff, and like doing experiments and stuff. Put everybody into a house with tons of cocaine and just see what happens. And and that's a reality show. Just call it like Cocaine I think, House. I think it'd be interesting if we could have <laughs> a view into their brain. Like that's the that's the way it would nah, work. No, I don't even want you that. You get to vicariously. No, but I want to vicariously see what they're seeing. Yeah. So give them loads of LSD, and then I want to be able to put on like a VR headset and experience life as Tony in a Big Brother. I just want to see. House. I want them in a house where there's nothing. Okay, there's no TV. There's nothing to do. All there is is bags of cocaine on a table, places to sit, and that's it. And then, and like twelve people, and the only way you get eliminated is when you've just absolutely had enough, and you and you say, "I have to get out of here before I either kill someone or go insane." Like you don't get voted out or anything like that. It's, it's did you hear about that Japanese game show? This was a while back. If you haven't heard about it, I urge anyone listening to this to to look it up. This guy had to spend a year in an apartment with nothing, right? 
and the only way he could get anything into the apartment was stuff that he won in competitions in the oh, newspapers yeah, told and me stuff about like this that. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you'd have to win food and yes. everything? Yes. Oh my god. So he won like dog food and he had to eat the dog food. That was all he had. He had nothing. Like he was literally naked in the apartment for a year. And if he could stay for the whole year, he won. The prize at the what end. What was the and, prize uh, at the end? I can't remember. I can't remember. It's not important. I mean, Man, I started watching <laughs> this show last night that. talking about kind of like a game show or whatever. It's on BBC Two. It just started last week, I think. And it's called uh, Winning the Wilderness or something like that. And uh, it's about this couple, this guy in 1985 hiked 57 miles in Alaska just randomly found like a mountain and named the mountain after himself and built his own house on it. This It took him years. Like it was like, you know, those videos on YouTube of the guy building the mud huts and whatever in, in, in the wilderness. It was like that. But he's built this beautiful house, uh, like all, all handcrafted. Him and his wife, he met his wife like a couple of years into it or whatever. She moved out there and, and, and they just, they're in their seventies now. This, this, Super remote house. It's like hundreds of miles from anything. There's no roads, nothing. The only thing they have that makes it so that they can actually get supplies to it and everything is they, by hand, made a landing strip, like an airstrip, because a town like 200 miles from them has this little hub of like, you know, four-seater planes that to get to like these remote areas around this part of Alaska. So every once in a while, they can get stuff. I don't know what, maybe medicine and shit like that. But like, They've got like a vegetable patch, greenhouse, like they, they hunt, like, you know what I mean? Like they just live this super, super natural life in this house that they built, but they're kind of old and it's it's getting harder for them to do it. So they've decided that they want to give it away to somebody, uh, like another couple who can like continue on their legacy. So there's like six British couples having to like do all these challenges in the wilderness in Alaska uh, and then they have to meet them and decide like who's going to like take it over or whatever. It's really good. It's interesting. But I don't think I could do that. Like I don't think that's the life for me. I, I would miss the internet too much and probably like, you know, eating food and stuff like that too much. You know what I mean? I, th I think a lot of this stuff, as someone who's on the inside, I could see how easily it would all be faked and certainly the Hollywood edit and certainly scripted in a sense. Like, you know, you could see that so many of these modern shows that are ostensibly about, you know, surviving or being in the wilderness. They they literally legally are so have to be so careful with these people that they can't, you know, it's not like they're not, they can't just sign a waiver and then you can torture them kind of thing. No. Um, They've got to be careful because uh, you remember Noel Edmonds' house party? Do you remember that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Bobby. So before he had the house party, he did another show called something like, oh, what the fuck was it? Noel Edmonds' I don't know, Friday Night Takeaway or something like that. And uh, they did a stunt where a guy was in a cargo container and they dropped it from a crane attached to a bungee cord and it broke and the guy died. This was on live TV. Holy crap. And he basically took a big hiatus from television because everybody was blaming his stupid fucking production company and everybody involved in doing this ridiculous stunt with a member of the public. So anytime you have a show where people are doing dangerous shit, there is no fucking way that there is any excuse for a TV company putting anyone in actual danger, which is why they're that careful, because people have died. Yeah. So I, I hate all these shows where people have to do stupid stunts and shit. It's insanely dangerous, the name of I mean, this show doesn't fuck 
off because they're just doing it for yeah, money. Yeah, but this it's not stunts. It's like it's like survival stuff. Like yesterday they had to um they had to learn how to make a a fire. Right. That's like, they, they, that's what it is now. Yeah. But if 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 they if they weren't looking after it, they would be dropping them in the middle of a fucking mean, it, yeah. nowhere and just leaving them to it. Yeah. And everything has a tinge of danger to it and you have to be careful. I mean, this guy, I've just looked this up. So it's this guy who was doing bungee jump rehearsal. And, you know, a bungee jump doesn't sound that bad, but, you know, they are dangerous. And, and you know, what happened was obviously like it wasn't tied on properly and, and he and he and he died. And and that that stuff must happen all the fucking time. I'm sure people die in the name of entertainment doing these dangerous things all the time, like helicopter crashes happen. Yeah. And these types of things are, are accidents. And and I guess because of the nature of what you're doing, you have to be really super careful. But, you know, look at like, you know, people have look at fucking um, what's his name? Got shot. You know, old um, bloody Bruce, Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Lee. Yeah, he got. Um... Is it Brandon Lee Phillips or was Brandon Lee? Yeah, he oh, got yeah, shot. Bra- so that, his, that, the deal with that was well. that they they had prop bullets, and the prop bullet had a real bullet on the end, but no charge. And when they loaded that into the gun in one scene, when they unloaded it, the prop end of the round was lodged in the gun. So when they put the blanks in. You had a blank with a bullet on the front, which is essentially a bullet, which is apparently how it happened. That that was the the rumor. So it was like a prop malfunction and somebody not checking. But but um, there was a what the fuck was it? There was another. It was the the, the Twilight Zone movie. This was back in the eighties, and this was who was it? Was it? It was like a really famous director was making this scene, and the actor Vic Morrow. And the two kids in the scene were killed when the helicopter malfunctioned. But they still used the rest of the stuff they'd shot. And he, you know, said, oh, no, no, it wasn't me and all the rest of it. No, that was just an accident. But there was all kinds of stuff that came out about how they weren't being safe properly. And there were this stupid explosives they weren't expecting. And it was like real fly-by-wire stuff. Um, you know, it was like real, you know, just, oh, it'll be all right kind of filmmaking. So I, I do, I hate it. I hate it. I, all these shows now must have fucking health and safety and lawyers yeah, and safety do. checks up the arse because it's just not worth it. So in Japan, I mean, Japan used to have this reputation for these kind of quite quite cruel TV shows in a sense. Yeah, you know, even yeah, like yeah. Takeshi's Castle and things like quite, I don't know. And so this is one of the examples, actually the one you, you mentioned, PFLAX was uh, this guy who had to live for a year naked in an apartment by living only on sweepstakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like stuff he'd won. But there were two, there were three others like in that. There's 20 other challenges, but apparently like some of the best known were two guys were put on a desert island with no food or clue where they were. They, they, they would only get off if they built a raft and went to Tokyo. It took them four months and it, apparently like it was a really a traumatic experience. Uh, there was a comedian and a radio DJ who were told to hike from the bottom of South Africa to Norway. Jesus! One of them, they 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 almost starved to death. Um, one of them was was hospitalized after collapsing in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> it's kind of it's like crazy. a crazy, like a crazy kind of like even this this happened like like sort of twenty no not even twenty years ago like. Well, yeah, actually, about about twenty years ago now. So yeah, okay. So this happened twenty years ago, right? But yeah, the other guy, um, there were two guys who were fans of different uh, baseball teams, and they were confined to a single room with a TV that only showed uh, their team's baseball games. If their team won, 
they got to eat dinner, but if they lost, they would be put in the darkness with no food Ugh. until the next time the team played. Just keep it simple. <laughs> Cocaine house and watch the ratings soar. I mean, they, they used to have a show called Endurance, right? And you would see clips of it. This is a Japanese show. It's just people listening to have... the Triforce podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no one survived. <laughs> Nobody could do but, it. Yeah, so they, they would do things like they had to drink a load of beer and then stand next to a, a river, uh, and the, the last person who didn't go for a wee won. The oh round. my god! Like it was were they like stuff sweating, like trying to hold in their piss and stuff? Yeah, they were like really suffering. They drank all this beer. Could they sit down and, then, and stuff? No, they're just like the sound of running water. And when they gave up, they had to just run and and go pee. And, and it, was, it was ridiculous. It was so stupid. It was loads of stuff like that. I think Clive James, rest in peace, um, used to show clips of it. And like, uh, let's you know, it, I'm pretty sure it was on that. The British TV shows used to look at a lot of foreign telly because we didn't have access to it. There was no YouTube, right. so unless some fucking TV show found this clip and showed it to us. We, we just didn't know about it. Like Eurotrash used to be like that. They'd show you clips of foreign telly that were sort of so bizarre. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it was funny. Endurance, it was called. Endurance. Oh my gosh. This is such a crazy, like, this, I'm reading this thing about poor old Nasubi, who was this guy called, is the, who was the guy in the apartment. Yeah. His name comes from like Eggplant. And he was yeah. basically, he had to be like, he had to be naked almost the whole time and every time he reached like a target that they set they would kind of like make it worse so for yeah. example originally he had to like win enough money to buy a plane ticket back to japan because he was in south korea but once he did that they were like oh actually you now have to do it first class so he was like oh god so he did that and then like oh it was it was it's do you know what it was like it actually is it sounds amazing but like just i don't think it was good for him um partly because he was alone for like 15 months he was like the truman show kind of thing you know yeah. he knew he was being recorded and live streamed and sort of things or at least like thought but you know what they did when he won he he did the first goal you know what they did to him no. they took him to a surprise location and he thought he was going to get a big prize but they took him to another apartment this time in south korea and oh, he right. wasn't allowed back until he'd earned enough money to get home on a flight with with uh, Japan Airlines, and then <laughs> he got he got back to Japan. They blindfolded him again, took him to another apartment, and he gets there, looks around, just sort of sighs, takes off his clothes, thinking that's it. And then the walls of the apartment fall away, and he's in the TV studio. <laughs> what a guy! Like honestly, he like what he didn't quit. Like you can imagine, like these because you see it on the t on these shows that. People eventually just are like, I'm, I'm done. You know, I quit. But he was like, he was willing to, to stick it out after he'd been doing it for over a year. It's crazy. But maybe, maybe he just become like, what a guy. Like either, either he, I hope he's okay. Um, apparently he said he had trouble holding conversations with people for the first six months after his ordeal. And also said he was, he couldn't wear clothing because he felt very hot and sweaty because uh, he was so used to being naked. Um, and also so used to being on his own. It's for, but I think he's... I'm not I'm not against people putting themselves through experiences like this for scientific reasons in some cases. Like, you know, if you're going to go to Mars, okay, that's like something where you are you might be isolated for a long time. You might have to be with a very, very small group of people or even on your own in a very confined area, probably, like limited space. Like if you're on the International Space Station, I think like these experiments, these isolation experiences that people put themselves through are very interesting to like learn a lot about humans and like what our 
how we how our brains work and you well, know if, you, if we, we are... ever went to mars we would need to be really good at understanding how to make things because it, it's not something that you can just prepare for it'll have to be stuff that our instinctive base brains can cope with so you'd have yeah. to design a spaceship and an environment that doesn't fuck you up but the yeah we want is, those like five said, things we want to be able to shit in a river yeah. get fish out of a river right have sex with a tree whatever the things our ancestors did to stop themselves getting bored you know we need to like understand that even though we're going into space you know we are still genetically coded much like terry is to yeah. eat a lettuce and to need certain you know, things whether yeah. it be the color of the walls or the, the what you can see or the amount of space you've got stuff you can do how much freedom of movement you've got how much time alone how much time together all needs to be understood before we do that. And there's some people saying, oh, I'd go on a one one way trip to Mars. Yeah, sign me up. And I'm thinking, no, you fucking wouldn't. You have no idea what that would involve. That isolation. Like you think you can be alone in an apartment in Japan for 15 months like this poor uh, aubergine guy was, or eggplant. <laughs> Looking ridiculous. <laughs> Imagine spending the rest of your life on the surface of Mars, just hoping that things work out, and and you know anything goes wrong, you're fucked. It'd be but terrifying. Sometimes we're built. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know though. Sometimes I don't know. People could side off saying, you know, much like they did at the jungle jump thing. You know, if they go, if your kids go in in into the jungle. I was watching these kids fly around and I thought, cracky bloody hell, like one of them like, might just bounce out and fucking break their neck, you know, but they probably signed a, well, the kids I assume haven't signed a waiver, but someone's signed a waiver somewhere along the line or someone's got some insurance. <laughs> yeah. Someone's signing a waiver. If I go and like go to a shooting range or a bungee jump or something, someone's going to make me sign a piece of paper that says, if you hurt yourself, we're not going to be held liable for this. Which you know, is worthless, by it. the way. If you can prove that they were, um, if you prove that they were neg matter. negligent or they shouldn't be doing something, yeah, you can usually give them a give them a go and shut them down. But I'm I'm just saying, like, the, the, some people don't know what's best for themselves, though, either. Like, you know, like someone might think, oh, damn, you know, I'm gonna fucking put, I'm gonna stick myself, I'm gonna go camping and I'm gonna survive in the backwater of Jersey, and you know. The thing about Jersey is like, you know, there's probably like a Mark Suspensers about two minutes walk up the road. So it's not even like the most remote area is it's probably fairly safe, you know. But if you go to like the fucking middle of the jungle or a desert island, like having to build a raft. Yeah. Fuck. It's, it, like, it'd be rough. Like, again, I don't know if that I, I'd want to as much as I in my mind think eh, I could do that, you know. I don't want to do that. Some people do it to feel alive, though. Some people would deliberately strand themselves and like, yeah. take on this challenge with the risk of death because they do it like they really want to challenge themselves and like break through that like that barriers and stuff. You know, it seems like a midlife crisis type thing. Uh -huh. You know, I could I could see some people wanting to do that. Anyway, have you? What are you um, going to do for your midlife crisis? I've already done mine. Oh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Overwatch. Mushrooms. Recently. Yeah, mushrooms are a good <laughs> Over one. Yeah. Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> that is a hell of a That's problem. a hell of a drug, yeah. Right. Um, that's enough of the Triforce podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks, um, everybody. Stay frosty. Bit of a weird one, bit of a waffler. Yep. We'll see you next I'll week. See you next time. Same, same bat time. Same bat. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.